0: You are listening to Priority, a podcast about choices, limitations, and getting stuff done. Priority is hosted by Katie Leibman and her brother, Max Leibman. That's me. Today's episode is entitled Max Reacher. For complete show notes including links to anything we discuss on the podcast today, visit us online at priority.fm/50.
1: So Max, do you listen to podcasts when you travel?
0: <laughs> sometimes um, Very often when we're driving somewhere we will be Courtney and I will be talking or listening to music. Um, but if I'm driving alone to travel uh, or if I'm driving and she's asleep, um, I might listen <laughs> to some podcasts then. Uh, when we're on airplanes, very often I will, if I'm not reading, which I do a lot of reading on planes, but, um, I will sometimes, like, get my phone out and, you know, play threes and listen to podcasts. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I do. I do. Um, I, uh, I, I increasingly, um, I don't go on many long, long road trips, but on those, the occasions when I do, especially when I'm going somewhere new, I also am one of those, like, lame people who kind of likes to, like, be in the moment and pay attention to... You know, oh, I'm I'm driving through Galesburg, Illinois. I've never been here before. Oh, look, there's Knox College. I wonder what kind of college that is. Um, is that really there? Yeah, is that a thing? Both of those are actual things um, that I actually what? saw on an actual road trip. Um,
1: Whoa, <laughs> I was I was gonna sort of you know bolster you and say like Max, why are you discounting yourself this way? But then you threw that out. <laughs>
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean I I am I am kind of that kind of person. Um I, ironically enough and this this could be a whole episode in itself or we could fit it in this one. I am not the kind of person who wants to stop and take a picture of everything. Um <laughs> in fact I'm really bad at that and I actually in many cases don't want to be better at it cuz I'd rather be there than take a picture of there. Um mm-hmm. that's that's the whole can of worms that we can choose to open or not. Um <laughs> but like for, similarly when we're flying, you know, the last The first 10 to 15 to 20 minutes of taking off and uh, the last 20 minutes of of descending and landing, I'm generally not doing anything because I want to be looking out the window. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I'm I'm a sometimes podcast listener when I travel, but I'm also one of those lame experienced travelers. Yeah, no, I don't think you
1: need to discount that. Um, Yeah, so thinking about this topic... Um, before our conversation, there are some very zen, cool things about travel because there are certain affordances that we don't give or take in normal life, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Um, yeah, so one thing I was thinking about, um, and we can take this wherever, you know.
0: Let's um, take I it on the road. Would,
1: oh, oh, my. Because <laughs> um, I think you had thought of this topic. Um But one of the things I was thinking about was uh, with flying in particular, but some of this applies to driving too. um, Because of certain limitations and possibilities, I am, you know, I have my routines. I have my um, sort of normal prep and um, certain rhythms to the day, especially when we're flying. Um, 90% of the time that I'm flying anywhere, it's somewhere that requires two two planes or at least two trips, Mm -hmm. um, you know, one layover or brief period of time sitting on a plane before more people board and, and we go to the final destination. Um, but I was thinking about, so for instance, um, I don't know what it is. The older I get, the more sensitive I am to motion. Hmm. Um, and I, I'm prone to nausea really badly. Oh, Oh,
0: Um, no.
1: Yeah. So I don't know if it's related to, um, Especially as a young adult, um, I suffered from migraines a couple times a year, really bad, gross ones where I'd um, basically be incapacitated for the entire day. Um, fortunately, what's weird is over time, I've not had as many acute migraine attacks, you could say. Mm-hmm but things like motion sickness and this other junk have cropped up Mm. almost in its place. So it's funny because I, I don't get the killer headaches and you know, these specific migraine attacks anymore, but unless I take some sort of drug, I will get sick on a plane. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that, that's weird and kind of stinks, but, um, but I have figured out how to manage that stuff. So basically, um, on a plane travel day, as long as I'm prepared. I'm just sort of in like a loopy, cool brain space. <laughs> Drug induced. <laughs> <but laughs> let's be clear. Yeah. Um, you know, but it it knocks out the part of my brain that wants me to throw up and do whatever. Um, but then I'm also very present. Um, so I never drink on days that um I'm traveling. I know some people always want to get a drink when they're on a plane. Mm-hmm. Like that's just sort of a a special routine for them is like, right. oh, I'm traveling. It's vacation or a fun right. conference with colleagues. Yeah. Or
0: well, I whatever. I I know a couple of people through the interwebs who every time they get on a plane, they have several drinks in the airport before they board, mm-hmm. um, because they have not not uh, physical, you know, motion sickness kind of issues like you're describing, but they have uh, the emotional equivalent of those. And in order to, to facilitate getting on the plane and actually flying, they need to uh, enter in the state, as it were.
1: Oh, I see. Yeah, and see, I was just even thinking of vivacious people who mm-hmm. just, Yeah,
0: that's you know, what you do. It's, it's sort of a kick. Yeah. We're flying. Let's have a drink.
1: Yeah. Like, isn't this fun? We're on a magic bird that's going to take us across the country. We're in
0: this fart tube, packed in like sardines with a bunch of sweaty people and their germs. Let's have a drink. <laughs> so
1: so let's be drunk. <laughs> You bet. So, yeah, I just sort of get, um, I don't know. I take my drugs and I get present real fast. <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> yep. I believe they call that Zen Buddhism. Mm. <laughs>
1: yeah, but only if someone has given you those drugs in your bowl for the day. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, because you, yeah. you got to eat what they put in the bowl.
1: Right, right. They call it a Zen yeah. slap. That's a thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Um,
0: some yes some some smart asses saying like you know would that be funny if somebody did that with christianity and made those jokes and i'd be like yeah that'd be hilarious oh my god (sighs) Um, but we're talking about being present
1: you bet so yeah um so another weird um again this is just me talking about my life on the show Mm -hmm. as we do um so another weird thing is, yeah i
0: mean i've got you on the show so you know we're, we're should talk about your life, not somebody else's life.
1: Well, that makes sense too. Yeah. yeah. Shouldn't talk, you shouldn't speak for people. Mm-hmm. That would be wrong. Right. So let's just talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got me here. Um, so, one of the other things is I can't, for whatever, and I haven't tried recently, but why would I want to? Um, I can't wear headphones anymore mm. on planes really? or in most vehicles. Yeah. Weird. So, at first, that was a huge bummer, but same, I, I think it has something to do. Um, so, if there's any doctors listening, chime in. My doctor says none of this means anything, mm-hmm. and I believe her whatever um I'm fine um until I'm not, but you know that's life you're dead in, or you're alive until you're dead so um but yeah, I think it has something to do with pressure um mm-hmm. so it's it's motion and space sensitivity and all this stuff, but something to do with pressure in my head. i don't know that's my theory, but yeah, having headphones in um on planes and sometimes in cars, um, seems to be a trigger for my migraine symptoms Mm -hmm. and it never used to be again, this is all just the last couple of years. Um, so that's been interesting because you know, I, in many situations, I really like being able to put in my headphones for music or podcasts or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um because I really like the effect of white noise, you know. Right. Or just getting getting everyone else's sound bubble out of my head. Yeah,
0: for me that's more the I, I do sometimes for white noise purposes, but I mean really it's so I don't have the other people noise.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's been interesting. Um, I've I've but, never you know,
0: overheard a conversation on a plane that I'm actually glad I overheard.
1: <laughs> Side note, the other night when Billy and I were out at a restaurant. I actually overheard an interesting conversation. You know, mm-hmm. usually like when that happens, especially in public, then it just turns into our conversation and we're just making fun of the other people right. and how silly their lives sound out of context, <laughs> <laughs> which then they're probably doing it back mm-hmm. to us. So it's mm-hmm. just snide conversations all the way down. Um, but yeah, the other day it was actually sort of funny and I wanted to know what was going to happen. And it wasn't anything remarkable either. It was just funny to me. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, totally sad conversation. Yeah. yeah. the What I will say about planes, though, at least, is... And I've discovered because I can't use headphones. Um, you know, all the, the air systems and everything and all the me- the mechanics. Planes are actually kind of loud.
0: Oh, my gosh. Super loud. Yeah.
1: Just, just all the air moving. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, I'm good with it. It's fine. Um, but, yeah. So, I you know, thinking about travel, um, just as a category, travel is such a nice excuse to hang out, you know, the, the things you're talking about with, um, you know, letting yourself be charmed by whatever you are experiencing, um, you know, whether it's new or literally a new perspective, right. (laughs) Getting to see the world from a plane. Um, that's not an everyday occurrence Mm -hmm. for most people. Um, for me, sometimes it's just stretches of time where I really can't and shouldn't be doing anything else. So that's the other thing, too, is... I God, this really is about my brain today. Um, <laughs> I can't really look at screens, either, mm-hmm. on planes or in cars. So, because it will make me sick. Oof.
0: Man, I <laughs> yeah. Courtney has some, some similar issues, and, and I just... I want to say to her and you and everyone else who suffers from these issues, and I know it's very common. Um, in fact, uh, there's... <laughs> Recent episode of of uh, ATP where John Syracuse is talking about this about the fact that like we all actually have this like everybody has this it's just what is your threshold um, you know huh. if you put somebody in in a bad enough VR headset you know you will get them to throw up eventually um, oh, like if you put anybody in a centrifuge they will they will get motion sickness like it you know that's <laughs> why there aren't very many astronauts Um right everybody has this it's just to varying degrees it's on a spectrum. Uh, and to funny. anybody suffering anything like what you're describing, like you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Well, it, it has it has advantages in in like what we're talking about about getting you to pay attention to your surroundings and actually be there. But also, I mean, it has disadvantages because that can be kind of tedious. Um, right.
1: Well, mm, there are plenty of places where
0: there's not much advantage to just being there versus what you could accrue if you were able to listen to oh, or yeah. read something.
1: If you are not in the mindset for it, if you don't. Choose to be present. An airport is a circle of hell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh my god! Oh yeah,
1: people are awful. Yeah, um, some of
0: some of my my favorite people watching and relaxing and going with the flow, as well as some of my greatest like jittery, paying attention to everything, anxiety. Both of those have been in airports.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's why um, often, especially when. Um, if Billy and I are traveling somewhere, um, I don't know when we started doing this or if it was a conscious thing or we've always talked this way, but for us especially, and we've, we've had this luxury, uh, travel days really are just travel days for us.
0: Oh, uh, I, you know, in some yeah. cases,
1: you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um, it's cause you would ask something before we talked about, um, what does our work look like around travel? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the sort of takeaways I thought about was when possible, the, the mind frame for a day of travel is that that's literally all that's mm-hmm. going to happen all day. Mm-hmm. Everything should be contributing to a smooth day of travel right? and that's it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. I am, I am so behind you on that. Um, I, I, this is one of those, he said it so often, I don't know if I'll find an actual place where he said it to link to, but Merlin Mann has often talked about, because you know, mm-hmm. he used to, and still does to an extent, travel a lot for work, You know, going to speak to various companies and organizations. Um, and and he would say like he'd have conversations with people trying to book him who would not understand either from a, how much he wanted to be paid or how to schedule this perspective, that, that like going across the country for a talk was a three-day commitment. Because there's a day of travel, there's the day of the thing, and then there's a the day of travel. Um, right. And he's going to charge accordingly. And I don't think that's unreasonable at all. And I know there are people who, you know, they get up early in the morning, jump on a jet plane, go somewhere, do something for six hours, jump on a jet plane, and come home. But uh, in, in addition to, to sounding a little bit wasteful, frankly, if you do that multiple times a week, um, that is not something every person can do. And I would mm-hmm. say even that person is probably not on their best in that middle section where they are somewhere mm-hmm. doing a thing, um, sandwiched between two again trips packed like sardines in a fart tube, <laughs> forty thousand feet above the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm I'm with you. The way I like to the way I like to do it, we don't always get to, but I even like to have a buffer day after we come back if we're flying somewhere. I like to come back and then not have the next day be the day I go back to work, which I did on our last week-long trip out of state. That is something I often aim for because I like to not only have that day be just about traveling, I like to not have to do anything the day after. That's how much of a, you know, as much as I like to, and I honestly, I like to, like I like to travel. I like to go to the airport. I like to get on the airplane. I like to fly. (laughs) <laughs> um, which sounds sickening, I'm sure. And there's much that I don't like about it, but I like doing it enough that, you know, even that part of it, I'm, it's never like, oh, you know, I'm super excited about Disney World, but I got to get on a fricking airplane to get there. No, I, I actually am excited even about flying to get there. hmm
1: Um. Well, how? The plane gets you to the Disney. So. Exactly. So it's got to
0: be a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, labor gets you to the baby, so it's got to be a good thing, Right. okay let's (laughs) let's back that up a little bit (laughs) uh but even with even with that attitude like i it's still it's still you know i'm not like a flying extrovert um it still is more draining than energizing i still don't want anything else that day the way i like to do it is the day that we fly is about nothing but flying and if we get there Mm -hmm. and there's time to hang out and relax and have you know go out for a nice dinner at some cool local restaurant that's 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 a bonus right you know it's just about the flying.
1: Right. Yeah. I went to a, a conference with one of my colleagues way back in October. No. Um, oh, and I was very fortunate that she shares a lot of the same approaches to this stuff. Um, she's also very introverted. So um, that worked in my favor because it also aligned with a lot of my preferences about, about travel and about prepping for our presentation and all this. Um so, yeah, she, she too seemed um, <laughs> disgusted by the idea of arriving the day that you have to present. Because, um, I mean, if nothing else, there are so many things out of your control mm-hmm. on these days. Um, so you better control what you can and then, get, and then get really comfortable with everything else. Right. You know?
0: Yeah. And That's probably good advice for a lot of life. <laughs> um yeah, and that, that might be a good segue into something else. I I jotted down a few things that I thought would be fun to touch on for travel. Um I, I you know, to a certain extent this isn't really gonna be much of a travel hack because there are people for whom it won't work, but it's something to at least think about. One way I've found to control a lot of my travel experience when I'm flying anywhere is to have less of it. Um by which I mean, uh again, when we travel, like if if possible there is a day that is just about flying. Um, you know, not to try to do ten things on the day when you're actually making the travel-y part of the trip. Another way that, uh, and this is the part where I'm, I'm definitely getting into territory where I know not everybody can do this, but to the extent possible, if I can bring less luggage, if I can bring less stuff, um, if I can carry the minimal amount possible, you know, eliminate bags that I'm checking, uh, eliminate mm. even putting stuff in the overhead compartment just get it down to the point where I, you know, everything that I need is with me and I can grab it at a moment's notice and be somewhere else in that airport or, or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel a lot better and I have less worries and there is much less this out of my control. Like that bag could still get taken away from me by the TSA who after all are bandits. But, uh, it's not like the laptops can get stolen out of my suitcase that I checked, you know? Right. Um, it's it's a lot harder for things to go wrong if i'm not bringing along something for them to go wrong to mm-hmm. um now mm-hmm. <laughs> this next year um that will become less of an option for me because if we travel we're probably going to have like a pack and play and a stroller and, and you know <laughs> a bunch of baby stuff to take as well um mm-hmm. which my my any effort i might make to minimize i will only pay for on the far end of the airplane ride mm-hmm. um but uh, for myself, and I think even then that you know doing doing what I can to make my own stuff minimal. I mean that helps me and Courtney now. If we're going on a trip somewhere and she needs more than a suitcase, um, which she has recently on a couple of trips because again we are, as I've mentioned on this podcast, having a baby in March. Um, if she needs some extra stuff, if I don't have a suitcase, that's another suitcase we can check. You know, for mm-hmm. the same price that we would have if if we were just taking one of mine. Um, free in the case of Southwest. Mm-hmm. Hi Southwest.
1: Yay Southwest. <laughs> um, that was the other thing I was grateful for about my conference buddy was um, when we were getting ready to book the trip. Uh, she she stared at me very apologetically and, and said, "And Katie, I'm I'm so sorry if this is going to be a huge problem, but this is just how I am. It's just my preference, but I only fly Southwest." And I said, oh, thank God. <laughs>
0: <laughs> one of us. One of us. We coo. hmm hmm Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. So that's that's something, you know, I'd say, I'd say, it, I, and, you know, you don't have to, people don't have to be like me. I literally take one backpack. Um, and I, I may, I stuff it fairly full usually, but my rule is, like, it's got to fit under the seat. You know, okay. I, I really,
1: that's their rule. Too. Well, that's
0: their rule too. But I mean, I could take it more stuff than that and put it in the overhead, but mm-hmm. I, I always double check the measurement on the website and I literally get out the tape measure and I make sure no matter how full that backpack is, that it still will fit under the seat because that's all I take. And I like that. I like mm-hmm. traveling that way. And even setting aside like the control aspect, like I just enjoy travel more. I found doing that. Um, mm-hmm. And I know not everybody can get down to that level, but it might be fun to play with, you know? next time you have a trip what can you get away with leaving behind what can you get away with not taking and one thing one thing too to you know if you want to make a game out of it if somebody is doubting they can do this next time you go somewhere that's like a hotel or a guest room where you're you're just kind of there for a few days you know long enough to be there long enough that some people might be tempted to unpack but not long enough to you know like a 3 week trip where you're definitely living there and you may as well move all your stuff in try not taking anything out of your suitcase till you need it and then not putting it back in the suitcase until you pack to go. And right before you go, open your suitcase up and look at what's still inside it.
1: Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, Mm
0: -hmm. and you know, yeah, there are things where it might be a good thing. Good idea to have that along just in case. Um, if you are severely allergic to a food, take an EpiPen. I'm not saying not <laughs> saying, leave that behind because you might not need it. But on the other hand, you might not need 10 days worth of clothes for a four-day trip, even mm-hmm. if you aren't 100% certain what the weather's going to be like. Mm-hmm. There will probably be laundry.
1: <laughs>
0: um, mm-hmm. A, a slightly um, ridiculous, fictitious example that I'm <laughs> almost ashamed to say was kind of the the impetus behind me starting to like pare down and try to get everything. You know, just do the one backpack thing. Um, there mm-hmm. is a series of novels by an author named Lee Child um, about a fictitious um, drifter slash detective slash guy who beats people up um, named Jack Reacher. And uh, oh, yeah. there's a movie of same name starring Tom Cruise that came out a, a few years ago. Anyhow, i read all these novels over the last couple of years, um, and I don't necessarily recommend them. I'd say go watch the Tom Cruise movie and decide if you want to read them or not. <laughs> um, they are definitely an acquired taste. Courtney went through the first one and thought it was awful. Um, but the character in these books, uh, again, he's a drifter. He's an ex-military cop who... After being, you know, he, he was, uh, his dad was a Marine, so he grew up on, on military bases all over the world. And, you know, then he went to the Marine, or he went to the Army, rather, and and his whole life basically had been where people were telling him to go. So when he gets out, he just, he decides, like, I'm not going to have a house, I'm not going to have a job, I'm just going to travel the world and wander around the country and, you know, just just be free. And, and that's what he does. He goes from place to place. On buses and sometimes planes and sometimes hitching rides. All he carries with him is his passport and his ATM card and a little folding toothbrush. Um, no luggage. Like a, this is a this is a thing in every one of the books. Like when he's done with a set of clothes, he goes into a store, buys new ones, throws the old ones away. Um, and that's all he carries with him. And I don't quite want to get down to that level. Um, again, not saying this is for everybody, but there's there is something slightly appealing to me about that. Mm-hmm. about everything i need is on my person
1: yeah yeah this is something i was thinking about um and then in my head i was also like for the love of god we should not talk about packing That's <laughs> <obnoxious>. um <laughs> it's like i'm back to work when they get into bathroom talk. it's like oh no, no 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 and they know it they can feel it coming mm-hmm. on it's like yep we're gonna be stuck here a while um but what I was thinking about was this issue of of what do you pack and why? Um, uh, and even the question of, you know, what are you afraid of happening? Like, <clears throat> what motivates bringing five different changes of clothes for three days? Um, that's something that in probably... So a lot of my packing experience, especially during college, was oriented around traveling for speech tournaments. Mm-hmm. So, you know, often it would be um, you know, two nights in a hotel room, three days on, on the road in some capacity. Um, so you'd need two different outfits for each day of, of competition, um, plus jewelry and accessories and um, everything you need to get ready and and your speech bag, your, your sort of professional attire and all this. Um, but something that I perfected after I was done as a competitor but was still traveling as a coach and would need to dress up um, I would do stuff like in with my jewelry, I would way over pack. I would pack a bunch of different alternatives for the weekend, you know, just in case I didn't like the way something looked, um, which was silly cause I planned the outfit. So I knew that any of them would work with the suits I was wearing. But then the morning of, I would always have this panic of like, oh, no, no. Well, what if I should do that one? Well, now I don't know. And I have to choose. It's time to go. Am I going to be late? Which one looks better? What if I look silly? On and on and on. Mm -hmm. But then as a coach, I would just pack one set that I knew went with my outfit. Mm -hmm. And then there's no decision to make. Right. You know, so even just don't don't make myself overthink stuff. So don't even give myself the option. with something that I've yeah, discovered. It's
0: it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like prethinking, um, very David Allenish approach to it. To to frame it that way, but it's like you made the decision when you packed. Mm-hmm. You took the decision off the table for for the you that's there. You know, mm-hmm. you you um, you the expatriate, you abroad mm-hmm. in the world, um, does not have the option. Because the decision's mm-hmm. already been made, and you still made it, like you still had a choice, but you had the choice before you left.
1: yeah, and then I just had the the comfort of knowing that I didn't have to choose anymore. Mm-hmm. yeah, it had been made.
0: yeah, and I, you know I don't I don't think that's a bad pattern. I mean, take it take the uh, take the option, you know, let's keep our options open to the other extreme. You could also just like say you're flying to wherever this is, you could go to the airport without having bought a ticket yet. You know, because you want (laughs) to see what's possible that day. Um, But I think you're going to have more anxiety. And and ultimately, um, you know, you might have less options in a lot of ways because stuff will be booked up. But, you know, when you get there, you can decide what airline you want and which flight. And, you know, it'll be great. Options. No, no, no. Nobody does that. We decide in advance. We commit in advance. Um, Same thing with hotels. You could just show up and see what's there and then pick. But nobody wants to do that. Everybody books hotels in advance. You yep, know, book your clothes in advance.
1: <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. I do that with work stuff too. I was trying to think of um, other possibly practical packing issues to talk about with other people. <laughs> um, but I, when I think about how I want to spend my time, whether it's on a plane or in downtime on whatever trip, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, we've talked about the one third rule where, you know, project what you think you can get done in a span of time
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then assume maybe one third of that is possible
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> in all actuality. Um, I realized almost to a T, which is this is sort of weird. Um, I almost always want to pack like three books or three mm-hmm. stacks of stuff to work on yeah. or, or something like that because it's a good number of options. Mm-hmm. Generally we like threes. They're everywhere um including in the game uh-huh. um oh side note did i tell you that i was threes for halloween
0: no you did not but i love it oh i have to
1: send you a picture oh yes please i only do. got to wear it briefly please do um, oh
0: my gosh
1: <laughs> yeah no it's really good oh, i did a great job i don't
0: know if you've ever been more my sister than right now
1: i know I've, i i just kept spacing sending you the picture <laughs> but i was like oh god i never told him i was threes
0: oh my gosh <laughs> i think i might send this to merlin and john roderick Oh, my God.
1: Yes. I'll have to tweet it. Um, Uh. But anyway, three books, three whatever, Mm -hmm. three games of threes, Mm -hmm. yada, yada, yada. But that's something I've gotten better at, too, is especially because uh, when I'm doing academic work in particular, I prefer having hard copies of the books that I own so that I can mark them up and annotate in the Mm -hmm. book. That's when I have the most success as a reader. Um, but that's a pain in the ass when you work. traveling. Oh my gosh,
0: yeah. It's awful. Huge.
1: They're so heavy. Um, and they're always these obnoxious, dense, tiny font books, right? Yeah. Um, pain in the butt. So, but I have gotten way better at that, about saying, okay, if I could only pack one, which would I actually want to spend some time reading? Mm-hmm. Like, if I had to prioritize. Even. Right. Um, so I've gotten yeah. better at that, too, about don't take, reading and grading and this project you know yeah or or if i have three hours yeah or
0: at least you know among that pick don't take all Mm -hmm. the grading you have don't take three books you know it's okay to have more than one activity you bring along to possibly quote-unquote work on Um, (laughs) but yeah i I, my my uh, my example of that um, the last time I actually had a laptop belonging to the company that I, um, worked for, at the time that I, I took a vacation, uh, that I had that laptop, I actually at that point had two laptops from the company <laughs> and I brought them both. <laughs> I have, I have literally been on an airplane with carry-on luggage that had two laptops for the same wow. job that I took with me, um... And there was there was reasons for this, but yeah, it was it was stupid. Um, <laughs> the work that I had to get done, I, I really could just do on one and not worry about it. That's but I wanted amazing. to make sure I could do everything.
1: Right, right. It's yeah, yeah. I mean, I think sometimes when I don't think very deeply, I put everything in the category of umbrellas. To where mm-hmm. if I don't pack the umbrella, of course it's gonna rain. Mm-hmm. So I need to be prepared, right? right? It's the same sort of thing, like, oh, if I don't pack both books, I'm gonna get really bored with the first one and I'm gonna want the second one. <laughs> it's like that's not true. Choose to not be bored, choose to engage. Right. You're fine. Well
0: and and I mean, yeah, I um I I this might not be the world's most popular opinion, but this is one of the many reasons why I am, as much as possible, an ebook reader. I even my last accounting class, I got the ebook version of the textbook. Um, mm-hmm. Although in that case, like I'm even leaving money on the table because I can't resell that. Um, sure. But I, because when I fly, you know, then the the last couple trips we took, I had my little um, Nook e Ink, you know, just just a dedicated reader, nothing else. Because uh, then I've got every book that I own in that format. Um, until very recently, I could also get library books on it, but um, mm. Baker Taylor Publishing or a bunch of fascists who don't believe in the internet, so that doesn't work anymore. hate that. Uh, not that I'm bitter. But anyhow, I mean, I, I still have all the ones I own. I can still get a new one anywhere I've got Wi-Fi. You know? Just pop onto the store and buy a new one if I want a book while I'm on the go. Um mm-hmm. and I, I know I know that the annotation is not as good. so to your point about you know academic reading, um, yeah, there are definitely disadvantages there. Uh, mm-hmm. But for something you're reading, you know for information or entertainment or um, infotainment purposes, I think that's a fine solution. And yes, it's a bit of a compromise if you like a physical book better. But on the other hand, then you don't really have to choose. You can have three books. And also it takes <laughs> up less room than one book. So you're coming mm-hmm. out ahead that way too. Um, but again, that's, you know, that's, that's my values. That's me who like fantasizes about being Jack Reacher and traveling with my passport and a toothbrush and nothing else. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, mm-hmm. Who's soon to have a baby.
0: <laughs> so the opposite <laughs> will be true. The opposite will totally be true. Um, And I mean, I'm very, I'm very tethered to my technology as well. Um, Kind of my ideal setup, I I talked briefly on a recent episode about um, Microsoft has a foldable Bluetooth keyboard um, Mm. that turns into this teeny tiny little, you know, flat square, basically. Um, Less than a half inch thick, I think, when it's folded up and, and, you know, not, not terribly much bigger than a passport wallet, really. Um, to have that and, like, a giant screen phone and something to prop the phone up with and take that instead of a computer, mm-hmm. you know, this these are the things my dreams are made of.
1: <laughs> mm. Pocket computer. <laughs> Max Jack Reacher.
0: <laughs> Max Reacher.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Tom Cruise Max would not power. be playing me, though. Mhm. Pro- probably probably one. Jason Alexander, if I'm lucky.
1: I don't know. For some reason, probably just because I was watching Parks and Rec. Uh, oh, what's his bucket? Ron Swanson. Uh, Nick Offerman. Mm.
0: Yeah, I don't watch Parks You're and Rec. You're too young, though. <laughs> I don't watch Parks and Rec.
1: Oh, it's very funny. And also, I don't Sporting. I don't
0: know if I'm really that much too young.
1: The Nick Offerman. Mm,
0: I'm getting old fast.
1: Oh, he's... I mean... Maybe it's just because you're a different type of grumpy than him, <laughs> but his his particular grumpiness makes him seem much older. Mm. He's older than you. He's much older. Well, not I keep saying much, but he's quite a bit older than yeah. you. Um, does Courtney like Parks and Rec?
0: No, no. Um, her what? sister does. Cassie, Cassie, and Travis really like it. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, we're not we're not a Parks and Rec household. Mm. Um, we're kind of a Mindy Project household, a little bit
1: yeah i like mindy yeah
0: i it's on my list of things like i've seen i think two and a half to three episodes of every season um oh that's funny yeah but i i've never like sat down and watched a significant chunk of it at some point though i do want to go back and watch it all because i i do think it is a very smart very funny show Mm -hmm. um so yeah yeah it's delightful yeah
1: um welcome welcome back to tv talk
0: with katie and max
1: yeah, but we're plotting your future movie, so this is mm, relevant. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm picturing some sort of uh, sequel or something. It is Jack Reacher still, but he's had a child. <laughs> so he's still trying to be that person, yeah, but he has a yeah. child.
0: Actually, um, funny you say that. The sequel. <laughs> um, oh, my God. I, I don't know what the final title is, if it's Jack Reacher 2 um, or what. But uh, the book that it is based on, I believe called never go back um but the one that is the book that is based on is the like now third most recent one um most recent one that at the time it was announced and is about um part of the plot is about uh someone supposedly comes forward and says that their teenage daughter is actually jack reacher's daughter um and uh yeah some of the some of the book is about resolving whether or not that is true and making (laughs) sure this kid is safe and um, and uh, I'm not going to spoil it either way, but let me just say, I think the movie is going to go in the opposite direction that the book did with the ultimate reveal of the, the facts of the matter.
1: Dun, dun, so I'm on dun. I'm on
0: record as making my my uh, movie scripting okay. prediction for the movie that That's nobody right. listening is going to go see.
1: As we know, we are critics.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but anyhow, it wasn't a baby. The the baby was long since you know debabied. Ooh, that sounds, <laughs> that
1: sounds gruesome. That sounds like something but I mean, something the
0: TSA would do.
1: Oh, good Lord. Uh, I mean, <laughs> lo- preteens and teens can be kind of gruesome. They think your so.
0: baby looks suspicious, so they they lock him in a room until he's grown up and can explain himself.
1: They resolve the matter. <laughs> it's been handled. Yeah, oof.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, the last time I flew, I had something new. My, um, my carry on again, my single backpack, um, got pulled aside to get rifled through. Um, <laughs> because I have a, uh, I really wish I'd snapped a picture of it. I could see the screen showing the image of what the x-ray machine showed mm-hmm. was on the belt. And, um, I totally see why they did it. Cause I had my glasses case in the same pocket as all of my like, you know, cables and my ear pods and things. And normally I have everything coiled up pretty tightly with twist ties because, you know, I'm me. Um, but this time I just tossed my ear pods in there. So I had these loose wires. So there was this sort of oblique, almost rectangular, but sort of rounded edges, dark, like solid shape mm-hmm. with all these wires appearing to come out of it.
1: Oh, good Lord.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it got pulled aside so they could check that pocket.
1: Um, oh, that just sounds ridiculous. It does, though.
0: but, like, looking at the monitor, I, I mean, you know, everybody's always like, oh, TSA is such an outrage, and they're so incompetent, and da Yeah, I agree with all of that. But in this case, like, I was looking at the monitor. I saw what the guy could see, and I was like, you know what? I see why you pulled that out. That looks like a bomb. Oh, my God. Lo- I, I mean, at least, you know, me as a TV viewer, that looks like my sense of what a, what a plastic explosive would look like.
1: <laughs> so. Oh, <geez. laughs> Ugh, and see, maybe this is this is cynical corner with Katie. Um, I'm, see, I'm thinking of the time that I got stopped mm-hmm. after the body scanner. Mm-hmm. So the woman was staring at the screen. She was not even looking at me. Mm-hmm. Um, but she had had me stand a particular way. She's looking at the screen, and she goes, oh, there's a shadow. And then she's looking at the screen but then sort of glances at me and as she's still you know, focused on the screen, reaches out. And pats the braid of hair going down my back. Yeah. <laughs> the shadow was the braid on my neck, which you could see mm-hmm. with your bare
0: eye. Hey, that could have been the barrel for a rifle. Oh, <laughs> my
1: God. But it's like, okay, yes, there's a shape in the picture. There's a shadow mm-hmm. because it's an object, because it's a lump of mm-hmm. hair growing mm-hmm. out of my head and traveling down my back.
0: So you were not as impressed with their ability to read the images.
1: Oh my God! It's like ooh, yeah. a shadow. Good job. Yeah, no, that is that is
0: more the kind of story I'm used to hearing and and believing yeah. about the TSA. But seriously, like if you were standing next to me, you would have been like, oh yeah, I totally see why they pulled your backpack out. Yeah, and you're kind of, you're kind of an idiot <laughs> yeah. for not anticipating that. It's so obvious yes. looking at the screen.
1: Yes, yes, yes. You can cut all this out. the The TSA just really gets my goat. Mm. Well, uh, you're not supposed word. to take
0: a goat on an airplane.
1: No, I read the list, Max. <laughs> Ugh.
0: The goat fine print. I read it. (laughs) Uh, TSA talk. Uh,
1: Please no. Yeah, yeah. So travel. Um. So one other thing I was thinking about was um, we've talked about this phenomena when um, these phenomena, this phenomenon, I should say, um, when you're leaving work for a long weekend or a day off or something, um. That frenzy of wanting to leave things in a nice order so you you get a bunch of work done and things tidied Mm -hmm. up in a way that you wouldn't right before you leave work. Um, I love doing the same thing to my house. Mm. Oh, my goodness. I love making the bed before I travel. I love putting things away. I love at least just sort of wiping things down so that when I come back, they at least look clean. Mm -hmm. Oh, makes me so happy. Yeah. Because then you just come back, and especially on long trips... Um, where I know that I've got the next day. You know, you were talking about that downtime. Right. Um, I just love getting to throw everything everywhere.
0: <laughs> yeah. That
1: is the best. So I yeah. can't have stuff in the way because I'm going to throw oh, it. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, There's there's kind of a, um, it's sort of a real simple kind of idea. Real simple, the magazine, not like a very simple idea, but. Like a, I
1: wondered if that's what a a real know.
0: simple kind of kind of notional idea about like, you know, oh make your bedroom like it's a hotel and have everything spare and pared <laughs> down and always put away and just so. Um but I mean it really is true. Part of the reason that it's it's fun, if you're not thinking about germs, to go into a hotel room <laughs> is that it is all it's it's spare and tucked away and everything is clean looking. Um mm-hmm. everything is there isn't a lot of everything, but everything is where it goes and all your stuff there's you know unless you packed everything you own there's probably places for it for a lot of it anyhow um you know it's all there it's all for you it's all clean it's all neat and there is something mm-hmm. very nice about coming back into your own home and having that same feeling mhm um so yeah yeah i'm with you mm-hmm. um there is an episode of uh back to work speaking of back to work uh with Merlin Mann and Dan Benjamin I um, believe it's episode number 70, Expectation Zero. Um, I think that's the one uh, in which Merlin talks about the feeling of like the half day before you get on an airplane and go to va- go on vacation, um, mm-hmm. which <laughs> already is breaking one of the rules we talked about. It's not leaving you a buffer day for travel. Um, <laughs> but he talks about having a half day right before vacation, uh, which even if you're not flying that day, I, I, I've done that many times where I've got a short day is my last day before the trip. Um and how, how focusing it is on, like, you know, you're going to get done what you can get done. And it's, it's, you know, super compressed and super tight, and a lot of stuff isn't going to happen, so you've really got to choose. And how, how good that focus is for actually getting those few things done. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, too, though, I also like to clean up. Before my last week-long trip, I, I talked about this previously on the show, um, I did do a big cleaning house where I did get, and it wasn't just the day before, but I'd spent the week, you know, leading up to the trip, getting everything you know, not just those few things that had to happen the last day but getting everything cleaned out mm. um it's it's something david allen often says about the weekly review is like you know you get your whole house in order at least in terms of your work and figure out where everything is and what you've got to do and make sure everything's current and complete and he describes it as is exactly what you do right before your vacation he just recommends doing that every week instead of right before you travel
1: <laughs>
0: um so, I mean, I'd say both at home and at work, this is, all of this is a good argument for kind of tidying up a little bit more than you usually do, cleaning up after yourself um, and giving yourself that feeling, both because, you know, it's part of why the vacation feels so good if you do it, because you mm-hmm. got a lot done right before you went and you come back to a relatively squared away environment. Uh, but also if you do that more regularly, it won't be so much work to do it right before a vacation.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. you'll never regret having done it the next time you are cleaning mm-hmm. or, or organizing or mm-hmm. whatever yeah. like oh I, I wish I had let this go another week no, no one
0: ever thought yeah. that yeah I think, I think we might have just like stumbled on our, our self-help book franchise, the 52 week vacation you have been listening to Priority once again for complete show notes or if you'd like to send us feedback via email or subscribe to the show visit us on the web at priority.fm. If you enjoyed the program today, please go to iTunes and leave us a positive rating and review, as that will help new listeners find the show. Also, if you're interested in getting updates or communicating with us via tweets, follow us on Twitter, where we are at PriorityFM. That's at P-R-I-O-R-I-T-Y-F-M. Thanks again for listening.
1: Don't even put this in, because we don't want anyone to scoop us on it. <laughs> mm.
0: uh, we've got the four-hour work week, uh, the seven-day weekend, uh, uh, Pastor Joel Osteen's uh, Every Day a Friday.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: So, yeah. Yeah, we think got I it. think we're the 52-week vacation.
1: Mm-hmm. Nailed it. Ding. Oh, man. That is mm, beautiful. <laughs> Big old Christmas bow on top of that, except it's not Christmas. Not yet. In the future.
0: Well, not anymore, I guess, when this goes out. Uh All right, shall we stop? Yes, please.